Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. We'll get into fields versus Lawrence and all of it in just a moment. Those guys soon to be in the NFL at the moment. Daniel Jones is but struggling, but let's not bury the headline. Good morning, Keyshawn J. Hey, Lee good Zubin, morning. Presented by Progressive Insurance. It is election day, and I should mention... Get out there and vote! Absolutely. It's a gigantic day in Hillsborough County, Florida. Hillsborough County, Florida is the home of Tampa. Tampa, mm-hmm. Florida, where mm. the Bucks look great off to their best eight-game start since Key and Company won the Super Bowl. Hillsborough County is also one of the most competitive counties and one of the most competitive states in America for Florida's 29 electoral votes. Just want to mention, it is Election Day. Be safe out there wherever you are. In the eyes of the world, politically and with political football, are on Hillsborough County, Florida with the resurgent Tampa Bay Bucks. The Giants, though, Jays, Giants, anything but resurgent. Mm-hmm. Daniel Jones struggling. I want you to listen to Joe Judge, who wants to push back at all of Daniel's critics, and then we'll hear from one of Daniel's critics who's sitting about six feet from me. Daniel's our quarterback. All right, what we have to do is just make sure we keep improving everything around him and that we coach every player the same way. Uh, I told Daniel on both times the play happened you know, tonight. I just told him be patient with it, stay committed to it. We're going to need you down the stretch. We need you to make plays. And obviously in that final drive, he made a lot of big plays for us. So you just got to keep moving on. Things happen in games. You know, we're not going to go ahead and tolerate everyone on the team you know, having a one-off type of deal. And I can't have, you know, one-offs as coaching staffs. We've all got to hold ourselves accountable and the man next to us accountable. But Daniel's our quarterback, clearly put. Jay? <sighs> Look, I have an affinity for for Danny Dimes, okay? He's been yelling at me for a while not to call him Danny Dimes anymore, even though every once in a while he throws some dimes, and I revert back to calling him Danny Dimes. Watching the two interceptions last night, when I hear Joe Judge talk about being patient, that's what I want him to do. It, Key, I, I haven't been a quarterback, but I watch a lot of quarterbacks. It seems like sometimes his happy feet get him in trouble when he's in the pocket. Like he, he starts going in directions where he shouldn't go instead of just sitting in the pocket and making the throw or, as you would say, throwing the ball into the third row. If you feel that pressure like he felt multiple times last night. And like I said earlier, every time I watch Ohio State play on Saturday – and I start watching Justin Fields, and I recognize that he's only thrown for seven incompletions. Two of those actually should have been touchdowns because they should have been caught. I start wondering about what would it be like if we had a quarterback that actually can get out of the pocket and maybe get nine or ten yards, but has the confidence to sit in the pocket and throw the ball with laser precision and doesn't seem to be rushed. And I have a guy like Danny Dimes who's already thrown for eight interceptions, I mean nine interceptions, at the halfway point of the season where last year he threw for 12. Well, here, here's what I would say in terms of the happy feet. When when you start to see quarterbacks kind of drifting and getting outside the pocket and kind of just looking sporadic at times, it's because what I would deem is scared. They, 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 they see too much. They start to think something's getting ready to happen to them. They see ghosts. They see flashes. They see things that are happening, and they panic. And you could tell at times Daniel Jones certainly does those sort of things. He makes some good throws here and there. He certainly has some ability. There's no question about that. Um, but in terms of where they're at in, in terms of their quarterback, I think that they too, much like the Jets, have the right guy with nothing around them. He's the type of quarterback that could 
do some things if he could cut down his mistakes and his turnovers. Um, I don't see him as a Aaron Rodgers type, no, or a Russell Wilson or a Patrick Mahomes, no, not at all. But a serviceable guy that can play a very long time in the National Football League and win a hell of a lot of games. He's still relatively young in his career. Doesn't have a whole – man, he's out there playing with Golden Tate. God bless him. Golden Tate's okay, but Golden Tate's best years are behind him left in Seattle. Mm-hmm. So when you look at that, you start to say Evan Ingram needs to be more consistent. Shepard is more of a late two, three type wide receiver, meaning that late two, meaning he could be just a three or he could be a three, four, depending on what team he's playing around. So it's not like he has Julio Jones that he's throwing to. He doesn't have Swaycon Barkley. The offensive line is just now starting to kind of get in shape. In terms of college and Justin Fields, one of the things that you got to understand, Jay, when it comes to the NFL, much like the NBA, I like big guards mm. in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Nothing against you. I just like big. I like 6'6", point guard, big. I just like that look. In the quarterback room in the NFL, they like a certain look. They, they Justin Fields may not, and we like Justin Fields because of his style, but there's quarterback coaches and offensive coordinators. We sit there, we go, man, that'd be a great quarterback for him. But they don't like that style. It's too, it, it, it's... Too mechanical. He runs around too much. He doesn't do exactly what we want him to do, which is stay in the pocket, deliver the football, in sync. There's a moment that he sees flash, he runs. Coaches don't like that. Some some guys. So he may not necessarily be a fit for the Giants. I know for us and for you as a fan of Ohio State and the fan of Justin Fields and the fan of the Giants, you don't care. You'll take any quarterback and put him in a situation as long as you can win. But you have to think about the system. Yeah, And within that system, what is it that the Giants like? They've always had a certain style quarterback. Big, tall, strong in the pocket, first one in, last one out. That's the guy that they like. And it's the reality of the situation where you look at certain other teams, it's like, okay, we like that style. That's what we like. We like a more mobile guy. We like a guy that can do these sort of things. And those teams typically draft those type of QBs. I know, I know we need help at the linebacker position. You know, like a guy like Mika Parsons is out there from Penn State, depending upon where the Giants fall in the draft. And there are a lot of other things to address. It just, and I don't know, Key, maybe it's just the, the, the sex appeal that comes along with the quarterback position and there's so much clout that comes along with that, that bravado of a position that you want to, I want to be patient with Danny Dimes as, as much as possible. But that patience yeah, but is starting cut, to wear thin a little bit, You though. can't cut bait at the uh, season and a half. That's, you can't do that. You just can't. All right. You can't cut. It, it's, too, it's too early to even tell what he is. Like, it's too early. So can't you make that same argument applicable to Sam Darnold? That's what I'm saying. That's why I ain't. You don't hear me jumping up and down on the table talking about giving it to Sam Darnold? Hmm. I, I played in the league and so, been around the so, league. I've seen so dudes wait. where guys go, ah, he can't play, and they get rid of him. The dude goes somewhere else and become a Hall of Famer. It's so, Zubin, I'm curious to get your opinion on this, too. And when we have um, when we have our guests, we'll be able to talk to him, Greg, too. Like, I've been hearing everybody talk about Trevor Lawrence as a generational-type quarterback. Now, you smile, but I've heard multiple experts on our network say a generational-type quarterback. So, you know, I didn't hear those things said about Sam Darnold. I didn't hear those things said about Daniel Jones. So, if, if that's the case... 
And we know how a lot of scouts and guys talk to people at this network about their internal perceptions of people. You don't think that's going to influence him to Sam, some degree? Sam, Sam, Sam Darnold was taken as the third pick overall. Last I can count, that's not too far from number one overall. I'm with and, you, and but so I didn't hear anybody call Sam Darnold generational. You, you could, we could, we could call anybody generational if we choose to do so. We but, could use we those words. Do. That's not true, though. They do do it a lot, and so I don't get caught up in what others say about him being that talented. I think he's a hell of a talent. There's no question about it. He's going to have a great career in the National Football League. But as far as the Jets go and as far as the Giants go, I believe that they got their quarterbacks in place. Archie Manning was on our show a week ago. Archie Manning, Peyton, Eli's dad. I think he knows something about quarterbacks and grandson, Arch, who's doing well in high school. I think he knows a little bit about quarterbacks. The man said they got their quarterback. I just, you know, and I didn't talk to him on the sidebar. I said, yo, make sure you tell him that we on the same page. So if he's seeing that and he doesn't have any weapons around him, I don't understand how others aren't seeing it. Well, you know, my thing is they have their quarterback until Gettleman's not there anymore. Then maybe they don't have their quarterback. That's a different it's conversation, the same with, though. That's yep. a different conversation. Same with Adam Gase and Joe Douglas. I mean, the same kind of scenario, depending upon. Well, Joe Douglas didn't draft uh, Sam Darnold. I know. So. That's what I said. Yeah. Well, to split the difference, the other side of the coin is you're right. Gettleman is tied to Daniel Jones more than he is to any other player he's had in his two stints with the Giants. But at the same token, the Arizona Cardinals and general manager Steve Kime cut bait with Josh Rosen a year after drafting him. Kime kept his job, and then they drafted Kyler Murray. So you can have the quick hook when needed. This is Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin coming to you live from the Seaport District at Pier 17, brought to you by Chase. Greg, as Jay mentioned, is Greg McElroy. We'll get his opinion as a national championship winning quarterback himself on Lawrence and Fields coming up. But let me correct you. He was the 10th pick and not the third pick. That correct. would be Rosen. Correct. Difference. And if you want to split the difference, Dandy Dimes right in the middle at six. Right? Mm. So it's just a matter of semantics in that regard. On the way, Key's real rankings. And can the league's lone unbeaten team finally make it to the top of Key's <gasps> real rankings? There's a chance. And there's a chance they could go undefeated. We'll talk about oh, all God. that. <laughs> We'll you try love to these get conversations. into all that. You love Next. it. It's possible. <laughs> I'm not saying they're going 16 and 0, but if you take a look at their schedule right now at 7 and 0, they might not lose two the rest of the way. What they are able to do is they're able to score early. They're able to consistently move the chains, uh, and their defense is playing really well. More from Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin. Next, Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin, the podcast. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. 
Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. The time has arrived for Key's Real Rankings. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. All of our guests, including the national championship winning quarterback Greg McElroy, to talk Fields and Lawrence J. at 730 Eastern. I don't know if I like this. Third week in a row, Key has had seven teams in the rankings. It used to change up five teams, six teams, eight teams. Third week in a row, seven teams. Don't like it. Key, any rationale for the top seven? No. When you get your top scientist and he get his top NBA going, then you guys could pick and choose how you choose to do. All right, so it's a lucky number seven. (laughs) Safe to say none of these teams will be drafting Justin Fields or Trevor Lawrence because they have their quarterback, but that is our Dr. Pepper Twitter question this morning. If you had a choice, Fields, Lawrence, to be picked number one overall April 29th, 2021 in Cleveland, which will be the home of the 2021 NFL Draft. We'll get McElroy's opinion on that as a stud college quarterback himself coming up at 7.30. So let's start it out with Key's Real Rankings, the top seven. Number seven, Saints. Where you at, who that? Look, the New Orleans sits at seven. They continue to win football games despite not having Michael Thomas in the lineup. I think <clears throat> when they get him back, they, they'll certainly move up. Um, it, it, they were on a bye this week. Really can't, really can't give them any major points. Just let them rest up and get them back against Tampa Bay on a Sunday night game next week. Number six, the cute Cardinals. They were cute, but they're starting to look pretty now. (laughs) Here's Arizona again. The last time we saw them, they did work to Seattle. They are on a bye. They're rested up, although they got some COVID issues, as Cliff Kingsbury said yesterday. I think that this team will be an exciting team down the stretch right now. They sit at six. I don't mind having them at six. Will they stay in the top seven or eight or nine or ten ranking as the season continues to go on? You never know why I might go. Mm. Number five, Ravens. Big trust. Woo, woo. You know, big trust, woo, woo. I still believe. I still believe that the Baltimore Ravens are one of the top five teams in all of the National Football League. It's it just that they've got to now figure out the passing game for Lamar Jackson. How can we get him going? The trade deadline is today. What are you willing to do to have him evolve as a passer so you can win a Super Bowl? The Buffalo Bills notably went out and got Stephon Diggs to help Josh Allen. Let's see if they pull off a move in Baltimore to try to help Lamar Jackson. Number four, Buccaneers. Come on now, fellas. We can answer the bell. Now let's go. Yo soy fiesta. Tom Brady screaming and hollering at his teammates. But anyway, uh, when you look at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, passionate. they passionate. You look at the Buccaneers at number four, they dip a little bit, right? They did. 
The Giants took them to the woodshed basically last night. If it wasn't for Danny Dimes not diming away on a two-point conversion to take it into overtime, it's just it was one of those situations where you looked at the sloppy play of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the sloppy play of the New York Giants, which essentially gave the Buccaneers the victory. Danny Dimes is going in for a go-ahead touchdown, presumably, and he turns the ball over. Tom Brady gets the ball, go down and score. And, and Tampa Bay wouldn't be at four if that happened. They'd still be at a higher ranking. But because they played the way they did against the Giants, I had to drop them slightly. Did you do that on purpose with Tom Brady and four? Did ah, you do that on purpose? I see what you did. <laughs> I didn't even think of it. Good, good shot. Number three, Seahawks. Mr. 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 Unlimited. Yeah, I, I, I like Seattle. I, I, they're one of the top three teams in the league. You drop them down slightly at number three. But when you look at it, this team is going to be there, I believe, in the NFC Championship game along with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers or the Green Bay Packers or the New Orleans Saints. Those are the four that are fighting for that number one seed in the NFC. And I think when you look at it, Seattle, Russell Wilson playing for an MVP, I can guarantee you today, right now at 721 on our show, Russell Wilson will get at least one MVP vote this Mark year. Mark the tape. Number two, Steelers. The last game was the last game. This one was this. Here's a, here's a team that's undefeated in the National Football League, but ranked number two. And, and when you look at Pittsburgh, they don't win pretty. It's always kind of like ugly. It's, it's snow. It's wet. It's rain. It's Big Ben. It's the style of play that has you really believing that they could win the thing because everything that they're doing is portable. They get the football to the receivers. They run the ball. They play good defense. It's it's one of those deals where Mike Tomlin knows how to coach. Top four coach in the National Football League. Uh, he's winning without Ben. He's winning with Ben. I think when you look at it, though, they don't have the type of explosiveness that Kansas City might have. So, therefore, they're number two. And number one, Kansas City. I'm going to go get the biggest cheeseburger you've ever seen. <laughs> might be a double. I mean, every, the moment that you think Kansas City, they lose to the Raiders, and you're like, eh. And then it comes out there, he throws for five touchdowns, 400-plus yards in the air. He basically did what he wanted to do against the New York Jets. And, and it's, I mean, they are the, the, the cream of the crop. I mean, you can't say anything about Kansas City. Defense is playing pretty good. They got all the toys and the weapons. They've inserted Le'Veon Bell into the equation now. So there's a two-headed monster in the backfield. I'm looking forward to seeing them kind of just continue to move forward and get to the playoffs because I want to see what they look like come playoff time. To see if they can win their second Super Bowl in as many years after waiting 50 years between Super Bowl four and 54. That's how you make it efficient. So you had the Steelers at number two, but is it too early to talk about something he doesn't want to talk about, but we will, 16-0 talk. Remember the Dolphins, the only team, the 72 Dolphins, to go perfect the whole way. Back then they were playing a 14-game regular season. The Pats did go perfect in the regular season in the Brady era before being tripped up by the Giants. Jay, you wanted to get into something before we go perfection possibility? I did just because I wanted to understand the reasoning a little bit. I know that they're undefeated, but it's interesting when I hear Key's brain and how it works because his reasoning for the Steelers were they, they found a way to win ugly. The game wasn't pretty. It was ugly. But then Tampa Bay, they went ugly, and they get dropped because they went ugly. So I'm just I'm trying I'm trying to figure that out. Tampa Bay's ugly win, they almost lost, right? They almost lost. Baltimore is 
18 times better than the Giants. 18 times. Do the math. It's not even close. Understood. So, so when I look at the opponent, hmm. I look at the opponent, and I look at how the Giants played the Buccaneers so tough, Tampa should have lost the game. But doesn't there ever- was no? They should have lost that game to a team that has one victory on the year, but- fighting to stay alive for a top draft pick. That's what they were doing. I mean, but can't you say every team has those type of games? I mean, no, the Steelers were, no. Steelers were in battles no. with the Texans. No, they were I in can't. battles with the Broncos. The Texans are better than the Giants. Uh, the Texans are better than the Giants. Uh, and when the Steelers uh, needed to pull away from the Giants, they pulled away. Are they, though? Yeah. Are they? I don't Man, know. Hell yeah. They uh, I don't know about that. Man, the Texans are way better than the Giants. Okay. All right. I don't know about that. Just because you say it, I don't know about that. So you, you, you want Danny Dimes and Deshaun Watson? Oh, I'm, I'm I'm not saying it's just, but it's just not a matchup, but just the quarterbacks. No, but I'm just saying you want that, or you want what you have. So you're telling me, so I mean, both teams, the Texans have won one game. They're and you're better telling, and, but than you're, the Giants. They're exponentially so. better than the Giants. You can just say that with conviction. I, I could say it with conviction. I promise you, I can. They play the Giants okay. straight up. They are gonna pop the Giants. Okay. Let me say this with conviction for those of you just waking up, didn't see the end of the game last night. It was quite a doozy. The Giants score a touchdown going in for a game tying two point conversion. And Daniel Jones throws to the end zone, looking for Deion Lewis. Antoine Winfield Jr. got in there. They initially threw a flag on a two-point conversion to tie a game late in the fourth quarter. Eventually, the flag was picked up, and the Bucs survived 25-23. They are now 6-2. and two. So let's just go win-loss, win-loss, win-loss. Steelers schedule the rest of the way as they the league's chance. lone unbeaten. All right, let's start. This is an easy one, guys. We'll just spitball them back and forth. This Sunday, next up at Dallas. Win. Danucci, win. <laughs> Key? Uh, win. Okay, then, now this is intriguing because this guy's a little better than Danucci. Mm. Uh, they will host the Bengals. Win, man, stop. They're not the Bengals ain't going to beat them. I mean, I, I, I think Joe Burrow, the way he played last game, it could be interesting if That's he gets cool. hot. He, he, but he, I would still have Pittsburgh favored. Stop, man. Then they'll go to Jacksonville. The mustache. Stop. <laughs> okay. That's a win. So now we're 10-0. Out of Ravens, that's the game. Mm, that's the one. They'll host Baltimore Thanksgiving night in front of the entire it, country. It, it could be interesting, but I, I still think that Pittsburgh, it's the same thing. What 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 are they going to do to make a difference for Lamar Jackson in the passing game? What are they going to do? Are they going to go out and acquire an alpha dog at wide receiver? Are they going to go get me a 6'3", 210-pound, Sub four four guy that they're gonna find somewhere. They got eight and a half hours to do it. The deadline they, for Eastern. Go find today. me that dude. I need one of them dudes. Well, Mike Tomlin and the Steelers, they don't fear the Ravens. As he said. They don't fear the Ravens. So I look forward to that game. Okay, so now we're at eleven and oh. oh. Then the only host- team that can beat them is the Colts. The Colts are the Ravens. Those are the two. I mean, maybe the Bills. We'll get to the Colts so here. You in don't a really here's the here's the crazy thing about it is the only team that can beat them in our eyes may be like the Colts and Maybe the Bills or maybe the Ravens. But there's always this team that you never think about. That hmm. all of a sudden you look up and you go, oh, damn. They down by how many? You know, so you you just got to be careful. That's why I'm not always 16-0, 16-0. Because as you start to get into week 13, 12, and it starts to come up even more, that pressure starts to to come on. The stress level of going 16 and 0, that's a lot. I mean, you had this conversation about the Kansas City Chiefs. I told them, man, they're not going 16 0. Then they get popped 
by the Raiders. That they did. Let's run through it real quick. Week 13, as you mentioned, that 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. Washington football team obviously win. It should be a win, but you just never know. That'll be, a, that'll be an interesting game. Kyle Allen may come out and just torch them. And then it'll be at Buffalo. That's the one you kind of had a little trepidation about a minute yeah, ago. Yeah, you go, okay, Buffalo, What 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 you know? what's the environment, the flight, snow, rain, no stand, nobody in the stands. It feels like a practice. You slip up and you lose that game. Burrow again after that? I just, yeah, I look. I would love to see a team go undefeated. It just seems improbable in a year that we have COVID. We have a lot of health issues that come up. And it just it seems so tough. I would love to see it happen, especially to a team that I said at the beginning of the year, I thought they were one of the best teams in the NFL. And, Jay, you were a little more bullish on the Colts. That would be their penultimate game, week 16, presuming they're coming in at 14-0. and Because their defense is ridiculous, and it just depends upon what Phillip Rivers you get that day. But, see, you never know. By the time they get to week 16, the division is wrapped up, the seeding is wrapped up. Now they just like, whatever. But what about in week 17 if the Browns, their week 17 <laughs> opponent, is fighting for their playoff lives? Doesn't matter. If I'm if I'm already packed in in week 17, go ahead, fight for your playoff life. Ben's not playing, you know, so and so's not playing. We're resting our guys. That would be my philosophy. So you would say at 15 and 0, Tony Dungy and the Colts had to deal with this before. At 15 and 0, with the chance for perfection, if Pittsburgh has sealed the deal and Cleveland's fighting for its life, you'd rather say, "Let's just lose this game, go 15 and 1. We got the top seed anyway." What did any of those perfections what? get anybody other than Miami Dolphins? Correct. The Colts did not win the Super Bowl. What? That particular yes. The Colts wow. didn't win the Super Bowl, what? and neither did the New York. I mean, neither did the New England Patriots. Jay's melting down over. If you're 15 and 0, you're telling me you don't just continue continue to strive for. Perfection for excellence. And the Denver Broncos were 14-2 and two that year. They lost to the Giants when they rolled in the Giants Stadium at 13-0. and 13-0. I remember that. It just doesn't you, – your mind, Jay, I understand from a fan's standpoint, you want to – you know, but, you want to get to the 16-0, but from a coach's off front office organizational standpoint, the New England Patriots went 16-0 and because they wanted to prove to people that they were not cheating and they were going to change that narrative – by look at us, we gonna roll regardless of what y'all say. When other teams get there, it's just not an interest to coaches. They rather get out of there healthy. Well, uh, you know, in, in a year like this, I can see where that would make sense, just because the Steelers. No, in any year, not well, just I, this year. I know, year. but especially this year, because the Steelers didn't get their bye week, right? Due to the COVID issue with the Titans, is that right? Yeah, so they, they didn't, didn't get, get the bye week. So they're no. playing X amount of weeks straight. But in a normal, I don't know. I, that's a different conversation. If it was a normal year, I don't, I don't know. We got a break, Jay. I know. That's why I stopped. Is it a hard out break? No, it's no, just no, a break. It's not a hard, it's not a hard it's just a break. regular it's just a break. break. Yes, it's Still to come in one minute, Fields or Lawrence? One has a national title, one's looking for his first. They met last year in the playoff. We'll ask our national title winning quarterback who would be best at the pro level. Greg McElroy's on the way, but first, here's SportsCenter. And we welcome in Greg McElroy this morning on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line, ESPN college football analyst, but I want to ask him to extrapolate to the next level. Greg, good morning. We are asking everybody this morning on the Dr. Pepper call in line at 888-ESPN or KeyJNZ on Twitter, if you prefer. Who would you draft number one overall next April in Cleveland? Roger Goodell, first say in the name of Justin Fields or Trevor Lawrence. You've watched them both at the collegiate level. Push ahead, though, to the pro level. Better choice. Going Trevor Lawrence. And, guys, it's not that I dislike 
Justin Fields by any stretch of the imagination. I think he's excellent, and his best football is in front of him. Remember, this is a guy that still has only started uh, 15 games in his career. So it's not like we're talking about some ridiculous sample size and evaluating him, and already just in the first two games of this season, he looks better than he did almost at any point last year. So I'm very encouraged by the trajectory of Justin Fields. But, y'all, Trevor Lawrence is the best prospect I've watched at the quarterback spot since Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck was my favorite prospect ever. So Trevor Lawrence is that close. And I would honestly argue that the gap between Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields is maybe wider than the gap between Justin Fields and Trey Lance, who is, for all intents and purposes, likely the third quarterback off the board next April. So uh, I love Trevor Lawrence. He's athletic. He obviously is remarkably gifted throwing the football. He's a capable and willing runner if needed, even though that's likely not going to be what he's asked to do in the NFL. And the other thing, he's shouldered the load and the burden of being the face of college football for the for the last three years. And and the guy, obviously, this offseason, he's grown, he's mature, he's been out there on the front lines with his teammates, preaching for social justice, preaching for all these other things that show me he can carry the burden of being a billion-dollar franchise's face. And that, I think, is something that gave him even a little bit more of a bump up, even from where he was last year based on how he played on film. I think both are very good quarterbacks. I think you make a case for Trevor Lawrence. There's no question about it. I just know that where we are today in November 3rd, opposed to where we'll be in April, is a long list of things that I got to see from both quarterbacks to make that determination that Trevor Lawrence is the next Andrew Luck, by the way, who, to me, as I always say, Greg, Andrew Luck didn't win anything in the National Football League. He was a good prospect. One AFC championship appearance, but oh. didn't really win anything. So I kind of slowed down. It's how I really got to dive into things six months from now. Get him, Greg. Just Get that's him, just Greg. me. I'm Get just, him, Greg. That's who I am. All right. Hey, that's – no, I guess we only evaluate players based on, like, the eight years that they're in the league. You know, that's where we stop it. Hang on a second. So let me just – he didn't win anything. I hear you. That's fine. Didn't win a Super Bowl. Didn't get to a Super Bowl. I won't push back because I can't. Those are the facts. But he also inherited a team that went 0-16, you know, and then they took him to the playoffs in his rookie year. He also went to the Pro Bowl almost every year, and you ask anybody that's coached the quarterback position, including Bruce Arians, and if y'all look this up, it's fact. Bruce Arians said the perfect quarterback is Andrew Luck, and Bruce Arians coached Andrew Luck, uh, Tom Brady, uh, Peyton Manning, Carson Palmer, Bruce Arians have been around some of the best, Roethlisberger, and he said the best one that he's ever been around from a physical talent standpoint is Andrew Luck. And, y'all, he never had the roster. His offensive line was a turnstile throughout the first six years of his career. His weapons, for the most part, were pretty good, but in some ways aging. His best receiver throughout the vast majority of his career was T.Y. Hilton, and he might be the second or third best receiver on the Cowboys right now. I mean, we're talking about a guy that had to do more with less than probably anyone else at the quarterback spot for a very long period of time. Indianapolis is not exactly a great organization, so I didn't think he went to an ideal circumstance and made the most of what was uh, a difficult circumstance, and it burned him out. That's why he shut it down early. See, I I don't want to get – the conversation would be too long. We got a whole bunch more to talk about in terms of the team that he inherited (laughs) because, you know, the team that he inherited did have some players. Remember, Peyton Manning did leave the team, and then therefore – that team was not very good. Then he comes in, and he kind of ride the ship, got him to the playoffs, did some things. But what I'm saying is it's too early to just put a stamp on Trevor Lawrence as a, you know, Andrew Luck-type guy, once-in-a-lifetime quarterback, because several years ago we said that about 
Sam Darnold. Several years ago, we said that about other quarterbacks and other players. I just like to wait till April till we actually get them in the room, see what it looks like coming off their wrists. All of the sort of things that you have to do from a scouting standpoint before we just make a determination that he's the guy. He's the guy. I go back to, to drafts where it back. was you can go Peyton back. Manning, Ryan Leaf. Ryan Leaf, Peyton Manning. Get him, Greg. I, right. You know, so when you look right. at it, it's like, get him, right. Greg. I, I hear you. Hey, hey, I, I feel you, Key. Like, I'm totally with you. But if you go back over the last six or seven years, every single guy that was taken first overall has a knock on him except Andrew Luck. And tell me the knock on Trevor. Like, right now, seriously, tell me what, like, what is it that you're not yet hundred percent sure on. Well, he's played on the big stage, won national championships. All right, he's six six. He's two twenty. He's going to run four six four five. He's uh, obviously a remarkable leader, knowing his involvement. He's incredibly mature and makes great decisions off the field. The guy's engaged. He's a family man. Like what? Please tell me, like what? What are we trying that, to do? See, all, with, all that right there. Like, all that right there doesn't mean anything to me. I need you to win football games. So engaged and family man. It, that's cool. I think a lot of quarterbacks the are that way. The guy's got 33 but, wins. But the guy's you, got 33 wins in two and a half years. You, I need you to win when you play for me in the National Football League. What you did at Clemson, that's great. I need you to win. I need you to win football games in the National Football League. I need you to help my team win. Everything that you laid out, he's great, he's this, that's cool. But come Sundays, can you help me win? That's all I care about. And I think he can but it's too early for me to just make him the number one overall pick and say that I'm taking him over some other guys when I've yet to do a full evaluation. Greg, he has won a lot of games at Clemson, though. How much more do you need him to win, right? right. Well, you know how it goes, man. A lot, of dudes, like, a lot of dudes win a lot right. of games, though, Greg. You know that. In a lot of places, no, it didn't turn, right. out, hey, I, it didn't I, turn I, out to not be of... so good. <laughs> I can think of one that you're looking at right now that won a lot of games well, in college. I'm not talking about you. I'm not talking about you. I'm just being real. I'm just being real. I'm not taking it personal. I, I, I'll be the first one to admit. Uh, I think he's hella quarterback. This, There's no like, question we, about it. But I also like Justin Fields. And it also depends on what team is picking no at doubt. one. Right? I mean, it also depends I, on see, what team me, is picking at one. I, I, but yeah, not really, though. To me, like, if I'm the Jets or the Giants or the Miami Dolphins, I'm taking Trevor Lawrence if I have the first overall pick. Miami Dolphins obviously owning Houston's pick. So is it likely they have it? I don't know. But I do know that Trevor Lawrence anticipates throws. Justin Fields still a little decisive. Like, there's things that I need to see from Justin Fields That's in the fair. next six games. Granny only has six more games that I have already seen Trevor Lawrence check that box. Fields hasn't checked that box yet. Doesn't mean he won't, just means he hasn't. So I need to see a lot more from Justin Fields to close that gap than I do from Trevor Lawrence to keep him at number one. So Greg, I just want to clarify because a lot of people who are Jets fans or Giants fans would talk about, hey, let's hold on to Sam Darnold. Let's hold on to Daniel Jones. Let's potentially trade that pick to see what other assets I could potentially get for that. You're not saying that. You're saying you're taking Trevor Lawrence and you will deal with where these other quarterbacks go later. Yeah, because if I'm a GM, if I'm Dave Gettleman in, in New York and I have the first overall pick, yeah, I know my guy a couple years ago was Daniel Jones by all means. The guy's got turnover juice, man. So does Darnold. The guys are careless with the football. There's seven or eight amazing plays that those guys make every week, but there's also four plays in which they just gift wrap the ball and hand it to the other team. And I cannot, I will not survive. I will not survive if I pass on a future Hall of Famer. 
Like that, that's the ultimate, it's not necessarily always about your, your, your misses. For instance, if you draft Trevor Lawrence at number one overall and he busts, who are we gonna blame? Are we gonna blame the Jets? Are we gonna blame, you know, the Raiders like we did Jamarcus Russell? No, we blame Jamarcus Russell. You blame the number one overall pick. You're the number one overall pick for a reason. If you can't put it all together, then it's usually a reflection on the player. The, t the team doesn't all often get criticized for not developing the number one. However, if you pass on a future Hall of Famer, the chickens are coming home to roost at some point, and you are going to get fired because that guy will go elsewhere, a la Chicago Bears, Mitch Trubisky, Pat Mahomes. He'll go elsewhere, and he will make you pay for it every single year, and the fan base will not forget. So you can tell me all you want about, oh, well, you know, I got a guy. I, I like him. I like Darnold. I like Daniel Jones. I like both those guys. They're still young in their career. I still think they can be really good players in this league. But I refuse to miss out on potentially a future Hall of Famer and be in the situation that the Bears are in right now because that is not a situation I envy. Dan, uh, excuse me, Greg, we got just like 30 seconds to go. I'm just going to give you the teams right now, just at the top of the NFL draft, obviously subject to change as records change. Just give me a yes, no here on Trevor Lawrence since he's by far your top guy. Right now, number one, Jets. Yes, no. Yes, Trevor Lawrence. Giants, number two. Oh, that's, that's tough for because I like Daniel Jones enough. Uh, I think Justin Fields is going to end up in Jacksonville. Giants will probably go with some position player to fortify, uh, to fortify a lot of the holes that they have. You say Fields to Jacksonville, but the Jags are sitting here at three. Lawrence. Uh, I think for Lawrence would be great if he falls, but Fields is a pretty good consolation prize. And then how about 5-6? Uh, Just interested. Dallas, Atlanta at 5-6. Dallas, oh, offensive line has just been such a problem this year. So I take the best available along the offensive line. And then Atlanta, I would strongly consider quarterback, depending on what happens with Matt Ryan down the stretch. Seven, Washington, last one. They got some issues. They have a lot of issues. <laughs> <laughs> they have a lot of issues, but the, the, it, starts at, it starts at quarterback. So if one of the three guys is available, they'll go quarterback, or maybe they consider the kid from BYU, Zach Wilson, who's rising rapidly uh, through the first round potentially. Wilson's having an unbelievable season. Saw him the last two Saturday nights on ESPN. He can throw it. Certainly, as many BYU signal callers have. You've got to give Key credit. He got you fired up for your radio show starting this morning at 9 a.m. Very entertaining, Eastern. Greg. I, <laughs> I, 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 I took the whole segment <laughs> off. This was great. <laughs> hey man we see things different that's all and we'll see on get up at the top of the hour hey, it's it's a hey, agree to disagree it's all in love it's no problem no doubt greg thanks very much we'll see the top of the hour on espn we'll hear you on the radio in just over an hour that's greg mcelroy in the show penzoil performance line penzoil synthetic motor oils made from natural gas gives you unbeatable engine protection the proofs in the penzoil based on sequence 4a wear test using sae 5w30 on the way, a college head coach entering the biggest game of his young career at an SEC powerhouse, and he provides the distraction on game week. We'll get to that after Key. You want to know the best part about college football? Anything can happen as long as you have the drive. Whatever on the field or on the edge of your seat, Goodyear wants you to embrace the unexpected, to take every epic upset, touchdown, fourth quarter, comeback in stride and let it move you, no matter what the reason the season throws your way. Goodyear is here to help drive you forward. Visit Goodyear.com to find what moves you. Goodyear.more driven. 
if they want to move, we might be able to bring him to L.A., though, for the Lakers. Him, LeBron, AD, that's your whole team in cap space. Yeah, but that's all you need in a bunch of me's and you's. Hey, look, me's is different than you's. You better stop putting us in the same category. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Subin, the podcast. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Missouri and Florida players kind of mixing it up a little bit. Dan Mumton is right out there. Now we we got something going on now because both benches are out there in the middle of the field, and it's a real skirmish, and it is a real Donnybrook right now. Yeah, there are going to be some people kicked out of this game. Fists are flying, and this is an ugly scene. And that was Mick Hubert from Learfield IMG College. What you're hearing right now is Florida Georgia Line, the musical group, right underneath our voices. And the reason we mention that, it is Florida Georgia Week, which has been drowned out considerably because it's all about Notre Dame and Clemson this week in South Bend. That was a huge brawl you just heard there from Mick Hubert. Florida and Missouri, Gators roll by 24 points. But after that brawl, the coach Mullen has been fined 25 grand and issued a reprimand for the what the SEC is called calling, quote, governing sportsmanship. Commissioner Sankey, quote, there is no place in college football for that kind of incident that took place at halftime of the Missouri at Florida game Saturday night. He is the commissioner of the SEC. This leads to a larger question, which is simply put, Florida is playing Georgia this week. Gigantic game the last couple of years. Georgia has dominated. In the Mullen era, he was the offensive coordinator when Tim Tebow, one of your favorite college quarterbacks, was at Florida. But uh, now he returns as the head coach. They lost to Georgia in his first year, 36-17. They lost last year, 24-17. Mullen is 24-6. and He's done a remarkable job. The offense looks way better, closer to Spurrier levels than it has in a long time. But what do you make of the fact that he gets fined? He's the story. As they set up for, it is early, by far the biggest game of the Mullen era, the winner of the SEC East, presumably getting Alabama. But I don't understand why he got fined. I, I don't. He kind of came back. He came out. back in the tunnel, raised his right. hands, got everybody pumped up. There was some, yeah. There was I that mean, stuff going on. It's stupid. If, if anything, while they were brawling, he should have been trying to instead of going after the referees, he should have been trying to get in between, like get in between his players and pull them back and just kind of, you know. Because I'm sure if he did that and put his hands up and pushed back with his assistants, they kind of could have stopped, if anything. But then coming back out the tunnel and raising it, uh, whatever. I mean, he's firing up his fans. Whatever, Can I say something, though? In the crowd. I would have loved to see Mike McCarthy do this to a degree <laughs> oh, for the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, look, Kyle Trask got hit oh, well, standing yeah, up. It was true. a late hit. And, by the way, I, I don't condone violence. 
But that's the response you want from your team when your QB gets hit like yeah. that. Oh, yeah. That's the response you want from your team. No, no like, question. You're going to do that? Then we're about to take it to the next level. It's not no. the right thing, but I have to yeah. protect our QB. You have to protect your teammates. There's no question about it. Yeah, and the kids do have to answer some of these unnecessary yeah. questions. They just want to focus on Georgia. This is a big game for control of the saying, SEC. Your nice team, East. Georgia, Jake Fromm. <laughs> Jake Fromm, Jakey's. I love them all, but I also love Quincy Carter. So how about that? Okay, oh, I love them all. Come this on. This would have been nice to see some <laughs> Dallas Cowboy players get angry and you know do something. Show some emotion on the way. Eric Fields Zaire. or Lawrence? You tell us who should be picked first next April. That's next. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. You can hear the show live weekdays at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio, ESPN News, or wherever you stream your audio.